in the middle of our series called Seven. This is our second uh, week of that. And seven is the number of completion in the Bible. kind of starts right at the beginning of the Bible where it says that God created the world in seven days. And we have seven days in our week. You go from Sunday to Saturday, seven days, it makes it one complete week. And over and over in the Bible, uh, the number seven is used as a symbol of completion. And so we're talking about uh, having a complete life. And today, we're talking about the, uh, making a complete impact on kids, being completely impactful. Today, we're going to talk about how we can completely impact the next generation in a very positive way. You know, I, I was thinking about this. There's thousands and thousands of books on parenting, isn't there? Parenting, all kinds of topics. You can learn how to potty train your kids. You can learn how to discipline your kids. You can learn how to educate your kids. You can learn how to develop your kids. All these different ways and, and methods and all those things. And we're not going to really talk about any of these methods or how to be a great parent, uh, all those kind of books, things. But what we are going to talk about today is some really important principles that all of us can put into place to impact this generation. I work with kids and parents a lot. I'm the director of Adventure Canyon here at K2 The Church. And I know how great of a blessing kids can be. I also know how hard it can be to raise kids and to get kids to do the right things. Kind of a sad survey, but Dr. Phil did an online survey and like 20,000 people came into the survey and and answered questions. 40% of respondents said this, they would not have had children if they knew the problems they would have caused in their family. They would not have had children. 40% of people that took that survey regret having kids. And so that's the culture we live in and that's the culture we have. And it is hard. What that tells me is it is hard to raise kids. It is hard to be a parent at times. And dealing with kids is hard. And I'm sure so, many of us, if we sat around and we could, we could share all kinds of strange and funny stories about our kids and what they do. And I just want to share one today. My daughter, Mia, uh, she's six years old now, but about a year ago, she was five. And I was putting her to bed, and I walked into her bedroom, and I went, Whoa! What is that smell? It was the most awful smell I had ever smelled in my entire life. What is that smell? And she goes, I don't know. Can you smell that? She goes, no, I don't smell anything. So I'm looking around her room, right? I'm going under the dresser. I'm looking in the drawers. Did she leave like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in there for three months. You know, I'm looking everywhere. Five-year-old, what did they do? She goes, I think I'll look under the bed. I said, okay. So she goes under the bed, and she pulls out this little basket about this big, and there's just a big old turd laying in there. (laughs) Where did that come from? I said, where did that come from? And she goes, Newman did it. Now, Newman is our golden retriever. And after cleaning up after Newman for about seven years now, 
That was not out of Newman. So I said to her, are you sure? Because, you know, I don't think that's from Newman. And she goes, Emma did it. Okay, so I'm thinking, Emma did it. Emma was here three days ago at our house. Mm, that looks too fresh to be three days old. So I, so I said, now are you sure, honey, that Emma did it? Because let me just tell you, if, if I have to call Emma's mom and tell her she did this, Emma's going to get into a lot of trouble. Do you want Emma to get in a lot of trouble for doing this? Because I'm going to call her mom and tell her. And she goes, no, she didn't do it. I said, well, where did it come from? She goes, I did it. I said, why did you do that? What, what on earth? You're potty trained. You're five years old. Why would you do that? She goes, well, when I went to my nap today, mom said that if I didn't stay in my room for my whole nap, that I would lose my snacks for tonight. So I didn't want to disobey mom. And I really had to go. Well, then what do you do then, right? But we had this conversation after, after I got rid of it and cleaned it up and all that stuff. We had this conversation about telling the truth. Because truth is a real high value in our family. And telling the truth. In fact, we tell our kids this. You will get in more trouble for lying about what you did than about what you did. If you, if you mess up, if you do something wrong, if you make a mistake, but you try to lie it by covering it up, you're going to get in more trouble if we find out you lied. So you better tell us the truth first. And so that's a principle that we use. And we've taught Mia that over and over again. And why is truth such a high value? For me, at least, when I was a kid, I was a total deceiver. I could deceive my parents and everyone around us. At least I thought I did deceive them. Whenever I do something wrong, I knew that I would get in more trouble if I told the truth. So I tried to not tell the truth, right? And I'd, I'd either avoid the truth. I didn't tell tall tales. I just avoided the truth or made something up and, or just denied it over and over and over again until they stopped asking. And then I got away with it. And nobody in my life had a conversation with me about the truth, about telling the truth. And even though I grew up, grew up going to church and all this stuff, the one thing that got me is I was a deceiver. And I took that into my adult life. And I, I thought every time that I knew I'd get in trouble, I would just not tell the truth or not tell the whole truth. And I didn't want that to be part of my kids' lives. And so, I don't want my kids to be deceitful. So we've taught them to tell the truth and everything. And here's the cool thing about Mia. A year later, she doesn't lie anymore. In fact, if we accuse her of lying, she gets really, really upset because she knows she's telling the truth. And then when we investigate, she's actually telling the truth. She doesn't do it because I want her to go down this path. And I don't want her to go down the path of lies. So here's how we're going to handle this subject today. We're going to talk about a path. We've all walked down a path. I want you to imagine yourself walking down the path of life. Let's say it's mountainous. It's going through the woods. You've taken, walked through all these paths, right? And let's just say that path is your path of life. And you choose to go down this path. And during this time, you have kids. And your kids have to go with you when they're growing up. And they have to follow you. 
and they have to follow you down the path. But are you going down the right path? You know, for a child, the number one greatest influence of a child is their parents. Number one greatest influence of a child. You know what the second most greatest influence to a child is? Is a caring adult. Other adults in their lives who care about them will impact a child greatly. And when I talk about a caring adult, I, I'm talking about a neighbor, grandparent, aunt, uncle, a friend of the family, an Adventure Canyon volunteer, Sunday school worker, youth worker, all these people that are around that aren't parents, and, and many of those may be you. And you could even be single today. But even if you're single and you're an adult, there are kids probably in your life that you can make an impact on. So when I say, for the rest of this message, when I say your kids, I'm talking about any kid that you have as a parent or any kid that you have an influence over, whether it's here at church or in your neighborhood or in your, in your family. So how do we make this huge impact on the next generation? My throat's really dry, so I'm going to just grab some water real quick. Excuse me. How do we make this huge impact on our kids? So it starts right back in the beginning of the Bible. So if you look at the beginning of your Bible, the first five books of the Bible are called the Law. These are the Law. And these were given to the people of Israel through Moses. And God said, these are the laws that will help you go down the right path spiritually and also physically and 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 these will help you go down the right path so write these down so Moses wrote down this law from God and then in the very last book in Deuteronomy chapter 6 so in the very last book of the by of these of the law Moses writes this a message from God that says this hear o israel The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Did you get that? They're to be upon your hearts. We've been talking a lot about this in our previous uh, message series. About loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then he says this. They're supposed to be upon your hearts. Verse 7. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home or when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. So these, God's Word is supposed to be upon your heart. And then you're supposed to impress it on your children. Impress it on your children. How? Every, in everything you do, you talk about the right way to go and the right way to follow God. That's the most important. So, where does a path come from? A path comes from walking over the same piece of ground over and over and over again. A path, just walking it once, doesn't, doesn't make a path. And back in the days of Israel and Moses and all those days, they didn't have roads. When it says, when you walk along the road... They didn't really have a lot of roads. These roads were more like paths that their, that their uh, carts went over and their horses went over and they walked on them with their feet and they just pressed down this, this path 
over and over and over again. And so, if we are walking down this path with Jesus, if we're following Jesus down this path, then our kids are going to follow that same path. But if we don't, if we follow our own way down whatever path we are, our kids are going to follow in that path as well. So let me ask you this. For parents or for caring adults that you, you see kids that you love, do you want your kids to grow into mature adults? Is that... Would that be a good statement? You want your kids to grow into mature adults? Do you want your adult kids to grow into mature adults? Okay, some of you who have adult kids, I thought you'd like that. Do you want other people to have a favorable opinion of your kids? Most of us would say yes. Do you want your kids to have a good relationship with God? And as I ask these questions, I want you to just think about that. And then I'm going to ask you this question. Right? What if your kids were like Jesus? Huh? Wouldn't that be cool? It'd be easy to raise Jesus, wouldn't it? Seriously, had no sin, never did anything wrong. I thought about that and I thought, yeah, it would be, it'd be really easy to raise Jesus. And then I thought about the one time that Jesus is uh, mentioned as a child in the Bible, Right? After he's a baby, he's 12 years old. That's the only time we see him as a child. He ditches his parents for four days and takes off and doesn't tell them where he's going. <laughs> yeah, ever had your 12-year-old do that? Would that freak you out? And it freaked Mary and Joseph out. But there's a, a description of Jesus in Luke chapter 2, verses 40 and 52. This is a description of Jesus as 12 years old, and it says about him. It says, and the child grew... And became strong. And he was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. And we say, I want my kid to be like Jesus. That would be awesome. He, your child could have all these qualities. Wouldn't that be an incredible child to raise? So remember, the greatest influence in a child's life is who? Their parents and caring adults. So if you're a parent or a caring adult, and you're the greatest influence in a child's life, then who needs to be your greatest influence? It needs to be Jesus. And for my kids, Jesus has to be the greatest influence in my life if I'm going to lead my kids down the path to following him. In the book of John, chapter 1, John introduces Jesus in this way. He says that the Word became flesh. Jesus became flesh and made His dwelling among us. And we have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So teaching our kids grace and truth is so vital in raising our kids and impacting the kids around us. Living a life of grace and truth. Do you know that grace has to be initiated? When someone does something wrong to us, right? And we forgive them, we give them grace. We have to initiate grace upon them. We have to say, I'm going to give them grace. I'm going to forgive them. I'm going to forget about it. Grace is just this. It's undeserved favor. It's favor that's not deserved. When someone hurts you, right? 
and you give them grace and you say, I forgive you, you, you give them undeserved favor. They didn't deserve to be forgiven. And God gives us this undeserved favor. Jesus came full of grace and truth. And He gave us forgiveness and He, he gave us a new life and we didn't deserve it. But He gave it to us anyway. And parents, are we parents that are full of grace? When our child or our kids, right, when they do something wrong and they mess up, and they will over and over and over again, are we parents who can speak the truth into their life and give them grace? Give them undeserved favor? If we give them grace, then they will learn how to grow in grace. But a lot of parents don't give grace to their kids. They scold them and they tell them that they're wrong and they tell them that they're bad and they tell them that they don't want them and they do all these things, right? And you know what the child's response is going to be to that? What are they going to do? They're going to work for your favor. They're going to do everything to try to work for the favor of their parent. And then here's what happens. And then when they run into God, they're going to take their parents' face and put it on God and say, He's not full of grace. I need to earn His favor. And they'll work and work and work for God's favor in their lives. And they won't understand grace. It's so vitally important. I, uh, I get to lead Adventure Canyon and it's a lot of fun working with our kids and all of our volunteers and our parents and all of our helpers. And we always ask the question, in Adventure Canyon, when we're writing our lessons, we ask this question. We ask, who do we want our kids to be? Who do we want them to be? If the end result of all of our teaching and, and everything that we want our kids to be, what do we want them to be? Not how, we ask how much we want, what we want them to know and what we want them to do with that knowledge, but who do we want them to be? And we always answer that question some, in some manner or fashion like this. We want them to be like Jesus full of grace and truth. This last Sunday in Adventure Canyon up at North, we commissioned our very first Adventure Canyon missionary. It was so cool. I don't know if anyone of you know Luca Leone. Luca is seven years old, and Luca's in first grade. And he's going to be a missionary to the Philippines to help orphan kids. Now that is cool. Okay, now he's not going alone, but his parents, his parents uh, came to make a decision to follow Christ right here at K2 the church. And over the last five years, they have grown, they've studied God's word, they've they've put their faith into action, they've served, they've given their of their time and their energy towards the efforts of the church. They've taught our kids. They've taught our youth, our youth of our church, and they've just poured their lives here into, the, into K2 the church, here in Salt Lake and, and beyond. And they felt this call to go to the Philippines to be missionaries, to help this, this mission that's, that uh, helps orphans, and, and the orphanage is right on the edge of these just terrible slums. They don't even have buildings. They just have shacks that people live in. They're going to go from their comfortable place in Salt Lake City. They've sold their house. They've sold everything. They've given everything else away that they couldn't sell. And they're going to pick up, and they're going to go to the Philippines. 
to follow Jesus, to touch the lives and impact the lives of people there. And Luca, he thinks he's just one of the missionaries. He is. He's one of the missionaries. So I had him come and I had him sit with me on the stage and we talked to the kids about what Luke was going to do and what the Philippines were going to be like and all, what he was excited about. And he was just excited about going and helping orphans and helping these poor people and all this stuff. And, um, and so here I am sitting next to our missionary. And so at the very end, I just asked a couple kids, I said, come up here. You know what the Bible tells us? The Bible says that whenever we send somebody out of our church, we're supposed to lay hands on him. And send them out. So I had kids come up and lay hands. And the rest of the kids just put their hands towards Luca. And we just prayed over him. And we commissioned him to be a missionary to the Philippines. How cool is that? And who made an impact on Luca's life? Absolutely, his parents did. But guess what? For the last five years, he's been in Adventure Canyon. Learning about Jesus every single week. And some of you may have been his teachers. And the twos class and in the preschool class and in first grade. And as, as Luke and I were talking about uh, him coming and talking in Adventure Canyon, I said, who are some of your favorite Adventure Canyon leaders? He said, oh, he named this person, this person, this person. And then he said, and then Mrs. Sweeney, who I love the most. And I went, oh, he loves her. He has a deep love for this adult that cares for him. And so um, we thought about today as, as we were talking about being impactful to the next generation, that we want to just share, a, just take a little break here and just share a little bit about Adventure Canyon. So I'm going to invite uh, Gwen Smith to come up here and join me. Would you give Gwen a big round of applause, make her feel comfortable? I've been working with Gwen for about three years now. We've been working together. She's our elementary director in Adventure Canyon, and she's also uh, the children's director here at South Campus. So she oversees nursery through sixth grade here at South Campus, and she's going to share a little bit about what it means to be impactful in a kid's life. Go ahead. You're not too nervous, right? I'd rather be, I'd rather be with kids, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I still remember the faces of our kids here at South as they ran through these slick campus doors for the very, very first time. Yeah, the bounce house was a bit of an attraction, I'll admit that, and things were new. But when they saw Stacy, and when they saw Karen, and when they saw Jim, and Jen, and Sarah, faces and relationships that they knew from Adventure Canyon, they were happy. Perk number one of being a caring adult in Adventure Canyon is the relationships that you get to develop. And those relationships are a two-way street because I'm here to also tell you, nothing beats walking down the parking lot and hearing your name being hollered at the top of your lungs, Gwen, I see, I'm coming, I'm coming. Nothing beats that at all. But more importantly, God can use the moments, those relationships those trusting relationships to draw a child closer to him. Perk number two in being a caring adult in Adventure Canyon, you can share freely what you love and treasure the very, very most, and that's your relationship with Jesus. That freedom in no other volunteer relationship with kids can you really do 
that freely. In Adventure Canyon, God may use you to be a child's very first introduction to Jesus. When you lovingly rock a baby or sing with them in the nursery or in the twos room, when you share goldfish crackers as a snack or in preschool, when you grab them as they come down the slide with a big warm hug or a smile or in the elementary group, when you sit and pray with a child, maybe for the very first time they've never done that or you help them solve a problem the way Jesus would want them to do. All of those ways, you're modeling Jesus. Or maybe you're not a hands-on kids person, so you could be a greeter for families when they arrive for the very first time or help with our computers and do check-in. Any of those kinds of jobs. That Christ-like love and care for a child may be what God uses to impact that child's life for eternity. Like, think about it. And, you know, seeing and being with you in Adventure Canyon on a Sunday morning may be the highlight of that child's week from a spiritual perspective. The last perk in being a caring adult in Adventure Canyon. My two kids live near the U. And last week, we met them downtown to take them out for their 21st birthday. But on their request, our first stop before dinner was at the road home. Because on Tuesday and Thursday nights, they volunteer at the road home in the kids' reading program. And their birthday was on Tuesday night. And those kids would be expecting them, so they took birthday cupcakes in to the kids at the road home before we went out for dinner. And the yells down the hall were, Katie, you came, you came. Relationship that she didn't want to disappoint. So my point is from the last one, As a parent, Tom and I have really, really encouraged our kids to be caring young adults and teenagers in Adventure Canyon. And now, here's an example of one of them on their own, outside of church, seeking out opportunities to be a caring adult. It was being passed on. There's no greater joy than being a parent and serving alongside your kids in Adventure Canyon. Or, if you're not a parent a child or a teenager that you're mentoring, serving with them in Adventure Canyon, another perk. So developing relationships, serving as a family, impacting eternity for a child. Where else would you want to be? Awesome. Thanks, Gwen. And we can be impactful as well in in our other ministries. Our youth ministry, we have vertical youth ministry that is uh, our middle school. This Friday night, just so you know, I just wanted to just celebrate this. This Friday night up at North Campus, uh, we invited a whole bunch of middle schoolers to come. We had 120 middle schoolers come to this event. I survived a vertical game show. And I survived the vertical game show. So just so you know. And it was a blast. We had a lot of fun. And about when we, we talked about the condition of the heart during that night, and we just shared about the love of God and that he wants you to open his heart to him, about half the kids raised their hand and said, I want to open my heart to God. Now, I'm just telling you. In our high school, uh, we have great small group leaders, and, small group, and we're in need of more small group leaders to mentor our, our, middle, our high school kids. And we also have college kids and college-age kids in our, in our Roots program. These are the ways we impact the lives of kids. 
here at K2 The Church. So I want you to pull out your programs and your pens because you're going to write down some notes here in just a minute, okay? All right? So there's an incredible piece of, of Scripture I wanted to share with you. And it's, it comes out of actually two letters written to Timothy. Paul was an apostle. He was a minister. He was a missionary. And uh, he wrote about one-third of the New Testament. And there was a, a special bond between him and this, this young kid named Timothy. And he knew Timothy from when Timothy was a child. Timothy's mom and his grandma had received Christ. They had given their hearts to Christ while they heard Paul preaching. <clears throat> and, <clears throat> excuse me. and then Paul got to know this kid, Timothy, and saw him grow up. And he's writing to Timothy, and, and every time he writes to him, he, he calls him things like, Timothy, my true son in the faith. Timothy, my dear son. In 2 Timothy 2.1, he says this. He says, You then, my son, Timothy, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. See, the Apostle Paul, he was never married. <laughs> He's never married. He's a single guy. But he knew, probably more than any of us, what it meant to be a really good parent. And he was a spiritual father to Timothy. And in 2 Timothy 3, verses 14 through 17, we're going to take some principles right out of here this morning. It says, But you, here we go, but you continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know those from whom you have learned it. And how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So out of these, I'm going to give you five things of how you can be completely impactful, okay? Whether you're a parent or you're a caring adult, Five ways you can be completely impactful. And they're going to be up here. Write these down, okay? Number one, expose your kids to godly influencers. It comes out of verse 14, right? He says, Timothy, you know the people who taught you this scripture. You know the people. You know them. They're the adults that that shared scripture with you. They were your Sunday school teacher, Timothy. You know them. You know their faith is solid. So number one, expose your kids to godly influencers. Number two, teach your kids the Bible and start early. Teach your kids the Bible and start early. And my admonition to you would be this, to start as early as you can. Because remember he says to Timothy, from infancy, from when you were just little, Tim, you have known the Scriptures. You've been learning these your whole life. Number three, your kids can know salvation. What does he say? He says, these scriptures will make you wise unto salvation through Christ Jesus, through faith in Christ Jesus. Your kids don't have to wait till they're adults. They don't have to jump through 8,000 little hoops to know the plan of salvation. They can know salvation and through the faith in Jesus Christ. Number four, Scriptures will help you train your kids to do what is right. Scripture will help you train your kids to do what is right. All scriptures God breathed, useful for tr- teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Okay? 
And number five, follow Jesus together and good works will follow. Follow Jesus first. Not fo- don't follow good works first. Follow Jesus together and good works will, fo- will follow. Just like Gwen said. She taught her kids. They've been, as teenagers, they helped in Adventure Canyon and they helped in the church. As adults, they're impacting kids down at the road home. Carmen and, and, and uh, Angie Leone, they love Jesus first. They follow Jesus first. And now Luca and his little brother Marco and little Avi, who's just a little baby, are going to be following to the Philippines and they're going to be doing good works. Now you may think, well, that's easy for Paul to say all these things, right? I mean, he was an apostle. He was a minister. He, had, he must have been a really, really good man. And the thing is, Paul writes to Timothy in 1 Timothy, he says, Timothy, I wasn't a really good man. In the past, I followed around the Christians and the followers of Jesus, and I put them in jail, and some of them I had killed. I hated Jesus. That's how bad I was. Look at this. Uh, this is from the message. This is 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 12-16. through 16. He says this, I am so grateful to Christ Jesus for making me adequate to do this work. He went out on a limb, you know, entrusting me with this ministry. The only credentials I brought were invective and witch hunts and arrogance. But I was treated mercifully because I didn't know what I was doing and I didn't know who I was doing it against. Grace mixed with faith and love poured over me and into me and all because of Jesus. Here's a word you can take to heart and depend on. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. I am proof. I am public sinner number one. I am proof of someone who could never have made it apart from sheer mercy. And now he shows me off. Evidence of his endless patience to those who are right on the edge of trusting him forever. Paul says, I have messed up my life. I was going down the wrong path. And it is nothing but the mercy and grace of God that I stand here today teaching you the scriptures. I don't deserve to do that. And just what I wanted to tell you to pa- you parents, all of us parents, we make mistakes. And sometimes we're going down the wrong path, right? But here's the deal. Failure is never final. Failure is never final. And if you feel like you've taken your kids down the wrong path and, and they've been watching you going down this, today can be the day that you change. You could be like Paul. You can say, I've messed up, kids. I know I've messed up. But today, we're going we're gonna to go down the right path today. We're going to do what God wants us to do. You know, you can make a huge impact on your kids, whether you're a parent or a caring adult. Your influence will make a huge impact on them. So imagine, if the kids in your life were influenced most by people 
who chose to follow Jesus? What if every, all the people around them chose to follow Jesus? Imagine if your kids could live a life where they become more and more like Jesus, even before they're an adult. Imagine your kids would choose to live lives filled with good works. It's not a fantasy. It can be a reality. And here at K2, we do our part with Adventure Canyon. And you have to do your part as a parent at home. And there's one thing that we do to help bridge that gap. Nice. This is what I call, what we call the family adventures. And you might see these at the Adventure Canyon check-in booth. And you can grab these if you're an adult or a caring adult or a parent. But we publish these every quarter and we say, this is what we're teaching your kids in Adventure Canyon. You can read along with them. Take a chapter a day out of the Bible and just read it to them. Here's some of the main verses we're talking about. And here's something at the bottom that your family can do together. Something good that your family can do together in these next three months. And if you're like, I don't even know how to pray with my kids. We even put a little prayer down here. You can use the same prayer every single night. Because we want to equip parents and our caring adults to teach our kids to be like Jesus. I want to just give you a little hope today as well. My dad did not have very many godly influences growing up at all. And it wasn't until he was 40 years old that he heard the message of Jesus Christ. By that time, he had three teenagers, an eight-year-old, and I was on the way. And he didn't even own a Bible. But at the age of 40, when he heard the message of Jesus, he says, my life's going to change today. I've been taking my family down the wrong path. And I'm going to change. I'm going to get them on the right path. And so he changed direction in his life completely. Total 180. Got rid of all the bad things that were in his life and started filling himself with good things. He started studying his Bible, going to church, taking us kids to church. Things started changing in our family's life because he made this choice. For my birthdays, I remember I have a collection of Bibles that my dad gave me at different levels of my growing up. Bibles that he gave me. A guy who never owned a Bible in his life found out that this thing was the most precious thing he could give to his children. And so he bought me all these different Bibles as I was growing up and wrote little scriptures and notes to me that I cherish so much today. This guy who was graduated from the 8th grade who worked in a cheese factory, this man was the greatest influence on my life. Because I saw him give money to missionaries when we didn't have any money to give. I saw him teaching Sunday school, leading men's groups. I knew that on many Saturday nights, Dad wouldn't be home because he'd be down at the county jail talking to people about Jesus. I saw him serve. I saw him give. And I saw what it meant to follow Jesus by following my dad first. So parents, this is it. You can make a choice. You can say, I want that for my kids. And you can change. You can change direction today. I want that to be your hope. And for those of us who are following Jesus, man, I would just ask you to pray. (laughs) 
how can I be more impactful to this next generation? Who can I invest in? Who can I show love to? Who can I share Jesus with? And I will tell you, you can be completely impactful. I'm going to ask the band to come up. And some of you, you might not have had an earthly father that was godly like mine. Your earthly father might have just not, not had any interest in God at all. But here's the great news. The great news is this. We have this great heavenly father that is perfect and who loves you. And he's the heavenly father. He's the great heavenly father who gave us these scriptures so we could know what, right, what the right path is. And he's the same heavenly father who gave us his son Jesus to die on the cross for us so that we could receive grace and we could receive truth in our lives so that we could lead our children into that. That is the same Heavenly Father that you and I have and serve. So as we worship today, I just want to invite you to just focus on Him, this great Heavenly Father, and give Him your faults, and give Him your, give him your, give him your failings, and give Him these kids and say, Jesus, I give these kids to you today. In Jesus' name. Amen.